Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart and Garrett Eisler here with you for another week of podcasting about the odd couple. That is what we do. That is what we do. Uh, Before we get into tonight's episode, thank you for a couple of great reviews on iTunes. Uh, Somebody in particular liked the bickering between the very knowledgeable hosts, which is almost as fun as that between Felix and Oscar. I didn't think we bicker that much. Yeah, what what bickering? It's nothing but love. Nothing but love. No, it's not. You're wrong. What? See? Um, I'll take the fans what they want. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, You're so sloppy, Garrett. (laughs) Wait, I thought I thought I was the. No, I think you're Oscar, not Felix. No, I don't think so. Uh, And then we got another good review as well. um, Focusing on how we uh, point out different things about the show. So. Thank you again, and keep them coming. Uh, today's episode is Season 2, Episode 17, You Saved My Life, which is not available for streaming. It's on DVD. That's how we watch this one. And we will let Garrett give us a little background on the writers, or writer. Yes. Uh, you Saved My Life, Season 2, Episode 17, original air date, January 21st, 1972. Uh, Script is credited to a writer named Bob Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. This was his second and last Odd Couple script. Uh, He also wrote an episode for season one called Oscar's Ulcer. He seems to have had a prolific career in the 60s, but I, uh, and going up through, again, like a lot, of, a lot of the writers on the show are worked for other Gary Marshall shows as well, like Love American Style. Uh, he also, but he did a couple of Mary Tyler Moore's, a couple of Gilligan's Island, even Batman, a uh, mo- lot of the famous shows of that era. And then after Odd Couple did a bunch of ABC after school specials, funny enough, and that's it. Uh, and I wish I could tell you what happened to him after 1975 or whether he is with us or not. But he's the first writer I've looked up on IMDb with no bio. There is just no biographical info about him. So it's a call out there to anyone who happens to know anything about the, the television writer Bob Rogers, active in 60s and 70s television. I think maybe uh, the difficulty in getting a bio from him together for IMDb was that it's a common name. So it's kind of hard to maybe to nail that down. But... Uh, would love to know more about him, but he certainly seems to have not been active after 1975. Maybe he himself can call in or write to us. If you are hiding out there, Mr. Rogers, please reveal yourself. Put on your ja- your sweater jacket. Put on your shoes. Get it, Mr. Rogers? <laughs> ah, right. Yep. Is it? Yeah. Uh, so we open on Oscar typing at his desk very intensely. He, Felix walks in all smiles. And he announces that he is home. Oscar says he's working. As the camera pans down and Felix walks deeper into the living room, we see a piles of crumpled paper on the floor, which we always see with Oscar, which means he's always, I guess, writing and rewriting his articles. I mean, I thought he'd be a good enough sports writer now where you don't have to crumple up so many pages. I mean, as somebody who 
you know, writes at work a lot and has written school papers and all that. I never had to start over that many times. Doesn't it always seem odd to you how many papers there are? The artistic process, Ted, the creative process. It's always, so. you know, trial and error. Uh, what do you, here's a question I posed to myself in my notes. Would Oscar have adapted to the computer age? I think he would have. If he was writing this on a word processor and computer, don't you think he would have eventually adopted to that pretty easily? Wow. Um, good question. Well, I, uh, I could see that. I mean, one thing I like about uh, how Oscar works is that he's very good at carrying his typewriter around which is a good reminder that the typewriter, the portable typewriter was the first laptop, you know? So, uh, so I think he would have liked the portability uh, of a laptop, definitely. Uh, but, you know, I, I, the, the, I also think he's old-fashioned enough to love the, 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 the pounding of the keys and the physical action of it, you know, and the crumpling of the paper, even tearing it out. It seems, he seems really into all that, that he might miss that. Felix says that he brought home some Danish from the Jewish bakery, and Felix now notices the papers over the floor and asks if there has been a parade. He also asks if the window washer came, and Oscar says yes, but he's loaded down with deadlines, Oscar is, so please leave him alone. But Felix ignores that and still asks if the window washer did a good job. Oscar gives him a look, and Felix goes over to examine the windows himself, saying, for the prices they paid these days, every window should be sparkling which also just reminds me, by the way, that no matter when you lived, you're always complaining <laughs> about the prices of something. Yes, right. It's always worse now than it was earlier, which means it was always bad. When he pulls back the shades, Felix shouts Oscar to Oscar, look at that. Oscar stands up and says, what now? Felix says, look at that smudge. They're terrible, just as bad as before. Oscar says, so what? They're on the 11th floor. Who's going to see the flying nun? So two points about that. First of all, does the 11th floor ever get contradicted somewhere else? I don't remember off the top Is of my head. Is this the first time it, that's been mentioned, that's been identified? Yeah, I think in the episodes we've seen, I think so. I know there's the episode where Felix and Oscar are doing, you know, hall patrol as patrolmen. Yes. And I, I know they talk a lot about floors then. I just yes. can't remember if it's always the 11th floor if they ever contradict it. You don't. You may well, we'll have, I, I don't know, and we'll, we'll have keep to keep an eye out yes. for that. Uh, the Flying Nun, for those who don't know, was an ABC sitcom starring Sally Field. It lasted three seasons, 82 episodes, and it ended right before The Odd Couple began. So it was a relatively fresh uh, title to viewers to refer to. Never saw it. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces. I don't like Gidget or Fly Nun either. Is she actually a nun? Yeah, she's a nun who flies, and I forget. I forget. Like in a plane, flies? No, no, no. Like, uh, like, like Superman. Superman. Superman flies. I forget. What that. a. Was it a comedy? It was a comedy. Uh, it's, yes, it's a comedy. What a weird show. Very, very serious. Very, though, very serious. No, it was a very light, kind of silly yeah. comedy. Uh, Felix asks Oscar if he inspected his work. Oscar says no. He stayed on his side of the window and I stayed on mine. He didn't, expect, he didn't inspect me either, which is a line I never really heard until I was doing the research for the podcast and had the closed captioning on. I never noticed that Oscar says that. He didn't expect me either. I think I was always laughing or the audience was laughing at the line. No, he stayed on his side of the window and I stayed on mine. Felix says Oscar would be satisfied living in a dungeon, but Felix is not, and he's not satisfied looking at dirty windows. 
Oscar says, close the drapes. He, had, he is busy. Will you? Jilk says the washer saw that Oscar didn't care, so he took a he so he did a sloppy job and basically took uh took advantage of Oscar. Oscar says he's not as sloppy as what Oscar's doing here, so he's getting out of here. And he lifts up to your reference what he calls his 50-pound typewriter and goes to his bedroom. Felix, as Oscar's leaving the room, Felix asks Oscar, Do you know there's ketchup on the windowsill? To which Oscar says, no, but if you hum a few bars, maybe I'll remember it, which Oscar laughs at. And this is the first time I ever think I ever heard that kind of construct of that joke, do you know X? And the person refers to it as a song. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I learned that kind of, I guess you'd call that, I don't know, vaudevillian type of yeah. Catskilly joke. Very, yeah. Uh, Felix starts to grumble as Oscar leaves. Let Felix do the work. He's used to it. So Felix then sits on the window ledge with his legs inside, but his back is facing outside so he can wash the windows. He closes the window on his legs, and as he starts to wash, he falls back, and he's now being held by the window pane, uh, where the window uh, closed on, on the window pane on his legs, and that's what's holding him up from falling completely out the window. And we get a POV image of the ground below, and that's where we go to break. By the way, I thought that the, because this is the first time I think we've really seen the close-up of the backdrop of mm-hmm. the city mm-hmm. in that window, and I think it's a pretty realistic. It feels, I think they do really? a good job with that. You don't think uh, so? Well, something struck, it looked like there were some office buildings in there or something, and I, I thought, it, given what we know the address very well, it did not look like Park Avenue. Okay, so to be fair, I wasn't judging it for the geography, oh, okay. which you're correct. I, 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 I didn't notice it looked like apartment buildings. If or like office buildings, if I had, I may knock it for that. But just for feeling like it's actually looking out over a city and not a painted art drop, I actually yes. thought it was good. Oh, yes. That. Yeah. Okay. So after credits, Oscar comes out into the living room. And much like security arms, where he's completely oblivious to what's happening to Felix, he does not know that anything is wrong. Uh, even though Felix is making a lot of noise. So from there, we get this first clip. (laughs) What are you doing, Felix? Cleaning the windows in the downstairs apartment? Oh, you saved my life. What were you doing? Oh, I was reaching for a smudge on the window pane. You could have been a smudge on the sidewalk. Oh, Oscar, I thought I was a goner. You know something? What? My whole life passed before me. I remember where I lost my skate key. Skate key? When I was 11 years old, I lost my roller skate key. My father was so mad at me. I was hanging out there. I remember where I put it. Under the icebox pad. I'll bet it's still there. Good, we'll go to Toledo and take a look. Look, I gotta go back. Oscar, please, please. I'm so cold. Maybe I need a little drink, huh? You are. Oh, Oscar. It's a terrible thing to be so close to death. Suddenly you're face to face with the Grim Reaper. I tell you, kiddo, I'm shaking. 
Unshake. Drink this. Here. I remember. I remember my first girlfriend in school. Big Bertha, we called her. She used to chase me home with a stick. I remembered my best friend in the first grade. His name was Orville Kruger. He had a strange shaped head. His mother used to let out one side of his hat. Well, you forget about Big Bertha and your lopsided friends. I gotta go. Oscar, I'm cold. I'm just cold. Oh, Oscar. If it hadn't been for you, it would have been bye-bye hunger. Bye-bye yeah. hunger. <laughs> I'll never forget you for this. Never. I owe you my life. I'll pay you back. You want to pay me back? Pass out, will you? So I can go back to work. <laughs> Take this, will you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll get a little nap. Right. Like. I'll forget the horror I've been. Yeah. The bad trouble. Oh. It'll be. Oh, it'll work out. Will you do me a favor? Anything. Just one. Wipe the ketchup off the windowsill. <laughs> it's such a classic scene. I think yeah. that's one of the first scenes I remember seeing of the show. This really? So really sticks mm. in my head because I just think when I started watching The Odd Couple on WPIX at 11 o'clock, mm -hmm. for some reason, this was one of the first ones. And the noise that Tony Randall makes as he's hanging out the window is just great. <laughs> Felix growing up in Toledo, that's not right, right? Oh, yeah, we got to keep an eye out for that, too. Now, what's he has the brother in Buffalo. Right, which but doesn't mean that... it's not they, clear they came from there. Right, but um, I don't think Toledo's ever mentioned again. I feel like that's just somebody thought Toledo's a funny city to reference. Well, you know what we might have to, to um, get the answer from? We might have to watch Where's Grandpa. Oh. Well, we are. We're going to watch Where's Grandpa <laughs> when we do the season one episodes. Yes. I don't. I have a feeling that's not answered there. Now, where's Grandpa season two? What we skipping? We skipped it. And no, we skipped it. I'm sorry, but when we, I'm sorry, when we yeah. talk about season, we I do. Meant, we are going to watch sorry, it. Yeah. I didn't mean when we talked about season one. I'm sorry. When I when I, when we go back and cover the episodes of season two right. that we did not give a full episode to, which we're going and to do. And the episode where apparently Oscar's father tries to kill Felix's father, the other flash. But that's in Chicago, I think. Isn't that a speaking? Well, the whole thing. Mean, yeah, I, I know. I think but Toledo's. I think Toledo's never covered again. I think that was a somebody wrote that. Bob Rogers. <laughs> who mentioned Toledo because it's a funny name and no one cares about the continuity. Maybe. But also, uh, I, I, li I like to think that the other parts of all these flashbacks, uh, as I know you're going to want to talk about the skate key. I'm right? going to talk about what a skate key is. Cause <laughs> yes, I don't know. That these, this, that. these kind of feel very personal. I like to think these are personal for Tony Randall. Well, I know? believe Oliver Kruger's probably somebody's, Somebody, a real name, and Big yeah. Bertha is probably some incident in somebody's yeah. life. So skate keys are, so back in the, whenever roller skates were very popular, people used skate keys to tighten the roller skates around their shoes because people used to just put them on their shoes for good fit. And when you bought a pair of roller skates, you had a specific skate key that came with it. They couldn't just be used for another skate apparently. So if you lost the key, you basically couldn't use the skates anymore. So keeping track of a skate key apparently was a very big deal back wow. in the 30s, how, 40s. Days. How weird. I think Honeymooners also has a skate key reference. Yeah. In the, uh, you know, it's funny. I, now I know what it is. I've never really known. I remember I, the line. Yes. And it's funny because it's so obscure, it sounds. And I always just assumed it was like where you locked 
your 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 skates up maybe uh but um what you know who, who would design something like that That's i don't crazy. know i'd see it does seem like one key could fit every skate but yeah uh, so now we have a new scene and a very long establishing shot panning up uh, 1049 Park Avenue. Felix is, is actually like seating Oscar at the dinner table. He's like, like putting his, his mm-hmm. seat in for him. Setting the table. And we hear an asserted piece of dialogue. It's inserted from Oscar saying, what are you doing? I don't know why they had to insert that. It wasn't important. Uh, then we go back to regular dialogue and Oscar says, I just want some coffee. Felix says coffee is not enough for a hero, and he made Oscar a special breakfast, Eggs Benedict. Oscar says he doesn't want Eggs Benedict, and Felix says, and just have an Eggs Ben, which I I, I don't get. I mean, I get it. I get he lopped off five letters to say Ben, but I don't get it either. Oscar asks Felix if he's still on the grateful kick, which tells us, by the way, this is not the next morning, I don't think. Oh, no. I don't think so. He talks about it. I I used to think it was, but Mm -hmm. the way he talks about it and the way things happen in the show, I don't know that this is necessarily the next morning. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I think now that you mention it, it's kind of hard to tell how much time passes, right? How long. Yeah. I mean, he makes how much time passes between scenes. Yeah. So uh, Oscar asks Felix if he's still on the grateful kick, he needs to cut it out. It's going to make him very fat. So how could it be the next morning if Oscar knows that the Grateful Kick's going to make him very fat? Because mm. Oscar Felix passed out the night before. I, I think this is not the next day. Okay. Felix says, when one man has saved another man's life, gratuity, gratitude comes easily. Felix then says he's a surprise for him. So we pan, the camera pans to something very large sitting, <laughs> sitting covered on an easel right next to the table. There's no way Oscar could have not <laughs> known this. Yes, the camera didn't yeah. see it, the audience see right. it, but Oscar should have noticed it immediately. Felix says he prepared it last night, which again means it could not have been the same day because Felix passed out the last night. He takes off the cover and it's a very large picture of Felix's face with an expression of gratitude kind of on it. His head is <laughs> tilted and his face is a bit scrunched and there's a giant word bubble coming out of his mouth that says thanks. And by the way, we will see this picture again. It's kind of a, a very humble, his attempt at a very humble like uh uh sad eyed uh <laughs> kind of hallmark card thankful kind of expression uh it's it's priceless it is great and yeah. i must say i have tried to find this image online for various reasons over the years and i have not found a good jpeg of it if you are able to find one can Whoa. we put it in the show notes or something Oh, I could just make it from the. Oh, I see from, from the our video screen capture. I don't. I yeah. just think it for a public service. We need to. I don't know if you yeah, can put, put pictures in show. Oh, okay. So, um, I'll 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 look into it. Uh, by the way, this picture reappears later in the show, later in the series. Series, right? But I they mean. do not refer to it for this incident. They actually say it's from some other. Like that mm. picture is made for some other reason later in the show. And if, and if I remember, it ends up in Oscar's office. Office and Oscar's throwing darts at it. Darts at it. <laughs> and so it's annoying That's that... What, how it gets used, right. It's annoying but it's that great they, that they kept the prop. They kept the prop. Yeah, but it's, it's not great it kept the prop to me. Here's our bickering. Because I'm annoyed that they cave it, but can't refer to why it was created. They should know. <laughs> Harry Marshall knows why that was created. It's a big prop. Hmm. I, find, I always found that annoying. Uh, so... 
Uh, Oscar stares at it and says, I'll put it in my new wallet. Oscar asks. It's a very large picture. Yes, that's the joke. Have we said that? It's, yes, it's yes like I said. A it was it's a large painting. Very large picture sitting on the easel. Uh, Oscar stares. All right. So Oscar asks, um, uh, why, why did he do that? And Felix says it's a tribute. It's his humble way of showing gratitude to a great guy. And that's not all. Music with breakfast. So Felix leaves the living room and comes out with a saxophone and says, your favorite tune and starts to play a very butchered version of Home on the Range, which he then identifies to Oscar. <laughs> which is hilarious because he says it's your favorite tune. Yeah. And then has to after playing a bar of it, says, oh, you know, Home on the Range. Oscar nods when Felix says this. So first of all, Felix either has a saxophone <laughs> in the house. Never seen before. Right. Or rents one or borrows one, which I also don't believe, and apparently knows how to play it. Well, but as you say, plays it badly. And I, I this really does sound like Tony Randall is really playing a saxophone. Uh, yeah, this is not it dubbed. Is. No, so, it's correct. I like to think that it is Tony Randall had, you know, was able to play like, uh, learn saxophone as a child. And this is the one song he learned how to play. That's the impression, that's at least you get from Felix, is that he, I believe, my theory is that it's his, he's had it in the closet. It's a childhood thing. He played it in school. He was never really good at it, but he, he remembers how to play Home on the Range. That's the Felix backstory too, you're saying? Uh, I, I'm, it could be both. Well, all right. But yes. But okay, I'll accept that a, as a it's Felix at least backstory. The, but somehow Tony Randall knows how to play saxophone. I also barely. do not believe that Oscar's favorite tune is Home on the Range. That's, That's weird. That yeah. is weird. Felix continues to play badly, and Oscar stuffs his napkin inside the horn part of it so he can't play anymore. <laughs> Kind of mean. Kind of mean. It is mean. Yes, Oscar's mean. We he, talked about it in our first episode. We talked. But about I mean, that. in this, yeah, he's he's uh, not very thankful. Well, yes, Felix is thankful. Oscar's annoyed at the Felix's thankfulness. He then takes out a magic marker from his pocket, and I don't know why he has a magic marker in his pocket, and is about to draw on the photograph, but decides to draw a mustache on Felix's real face <laughs> instead, which is meaner. At this point, we get one of the rare times, but not unique when tony randall breaks the fourth wall and uh, stares right into the camera yeah it's kind of jarring it's kind of uh... once later in the show in the series when the opening credits has clips from the series in it there is a scene in the kitchen where oscar wipes his hands on felix's shirt and oscar does that again so they do do this once in a while because he's staring directly at us and we it's not a coincidence he's breaking the fourth wall I'm going to move on. Were you going to say something? Okay. So there's a new scene. Oscar's out walking to work and he walks to a building marked 1501. You can see the address and he waves to the doorman and the guard. By the way, this is not the same building that he walks into in the opening credits to go to the office. No, No, it's not. You, you, you sure? Yes. I went back and looked. It is not. I thought it was. Uh, I went back and looked and believe it is not because to the right of this building is, um, is uh, a Chase Manhattan Bank. Mm-hmm. And in the opening credits of the show, unless that completely changed, there is no Chase Bank to the right of the building he's going into. Now, I spent some time trying to figure out where this building was. I took my wife eventually to find it because I completely missed it. We went on Google Maps mm-hmm. and we found that it is a building that is still there. It still says 1501 Broadway. It's in the heart of Times Square. It's 44th Street and Broadway. Right now, to the right of it where that chase is, is Bubba Gump's shrimp 
store, restaurant. And to the left of it, where there's a gourmet food store in the show, there's now a Lids store. But that building that's kind of old-fashioned, I don't know, yes. 20, 30, is still there. And a uh, little fun fact about that building. It is also known as the Paramount Building. Oh, right. Yes, that's right. And by coincidence, The Odd Couple is a, a production Paramount, of Paramount right. Television. It probably explains why they could film this. Unless, yeah. unless there's no connection to the actual Paramount. No, it is because okay. part of that building, the building like takes up the whole block. The so there's the 1501 entrance. I, I remember this building well from working in Times Square. That uh, there's the entrance to the build, the office part of the building, but on the corner is what used to be the Paramount, the the that the flagship Paramount movie theater in New York. I see. And you still see it in the marquee. It it was. I think it now is owns owned by WWE. There's a, there was a WWE store or yeah. entertainment thing down. Right. I think that may be gone now, though. Oh, okay. And then it was the Hard Rock for a long time. Yes, Hard Rock. Hard Rock. And, but the marquee is a, is a vintage landmark marquee of when it was the Paramount Theater in, in uh, Times Square. So, yeah, it's Paramount's building. So now we get – now we come to the moment where actually our show, our favorite show we're talking about, is kind of finally comes to, together because we get the introduction of our fourth yes. main character, Myrna Turner, played by Penny Marshall. Now, we're not going to – I'm not going to go into Penny Marshall's history. Everyone should know who she is. I will say she had done some TV and movie work before this, but this moment – we're about to play the clip – this clip that we're about to play, her first scene in The Odd Couple, is arguably the moment that made her a star because yeah. without being on this show, she probably wouldn't have done Laverne and Shirley and so forth and so on. And how did she get this part on this show? Well, me? she is Gary Marshall's sister, but I don't care if nepotism is involved here. I'm <laughs> sure it's probably obviously played a role, but she's so perfectly cast yes, that it's almost fate that Gary Marshall had a sister so perfect to play murder. Well, but let me put it another way. It's like, yeah. there is no, this character, Gary Marshall basically created. Exactly. And so he could create a role for yeah. his sister to play a persona that was either very much like her or something she's, she was good at. And, um, but yeah, it is momentous, right? This is the beginning of Perry Mar Penny Marshall's career. And uh, she was, I looked it up. She was 28 at the, at the time of this episode. And this is the first of her 27 episodes. Wow. Uh, are, are you into numerology? No. Uh, one more fun fact about Penny Marshall. It, uh, I, I remembered from look, reading up on Al Molinaro that Penny Marshall was who uh, discovered Al Molinaro and, and brought him to the show because she took an acting club. When Al Molinaro moved out to California to, to do real estate and make money, he wanted, he was interested in acting. He took some acting classes and Penny Marshall was in his class and they became friends. And it was Penny who uh, sent, who uh, told Gary Marshall about him. Oh, that's interesting. Well, Gary Marshall's good at casting, I guess. Apparently. Especially his family, yes. All right, so now we're going to play the introduction of Myrna Turner. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning, Mr. Madison. Did I ever tell you you were beautiful? No, nobody has. Well, I know you're a sight for Sora. What are you smelling? What are you using? Pine perfume? Yes. You smell like a log cabin. <laughs> what 
I'm still happy to be here away from that pest. What pest? My roommate. I love you. I love my office. I love my desk. What to my desk? Nice, huh? What do you mean nice? It's all clean and there's flowers there. What is it, a desk or a park? Well, it was so cluttered and you couldn't find anything, so... Now I can't find anything. I'll get you a cup of coffee. Where'd you put my cigars? In the top left drawer. Top of drawers locked when my cigars are. Why is it locked when my cigars are? I need a cigar. Try one of these instead. Does Fidel Castro smoke a carrot? <laughs> now, this is ridiculous. Now, what's going on? Well, that's what I told him. Told who? Who did you tell? You told who? Nobody. Talk, honey, talk. Nobody, you better talk. Remember, you still have folks up in the Bronx. <laughs> you know, it was Felix, Felix reached you, didn't you? It was Felix, wasn't it? Tell the truth, what's Felix? Yes, yes, Mr. Unger made me do it and made me promise not to tell you, and I told you, and I'm sorry, and I can't keep a secret. <laughs> you see, Myrna, there's no place to hide. You're the best secretary I ever had. Disorganized, sloppy, lazy. <laughs> now he's ruined you. I don't feel too bad he's ruined me, too. But he said you saved his life. Yeah, and for that, he's trying to kill me. Where's the stuff you took from my desk? I put it in a box. Yeah, well, bring it in, will you? But... Bring it in, will you? I'm not gonna let him beat me with those eggs Benedict and that saxophone that cock me picture with a shanks on it. Let's go back to where things were. What is that? Slump. We forgot to say that, but right before the scene, um, Myrna's spraying the room with pine-scented spray because that's what Felix wants her to do to help show his thanks. To make the office really nice in a way that Felix thinks is nice. Did you notice who walked by the office in that shot when you were watching? No, I, no, I did not. It's not your dad, Eddie Garrett. <laughs> uh, making right, another not cameo. Not your dad. Yes. Making... And wasn't he just in the, uh, uh, yeah. a cameo? And you would right. think that Oscar would have noticed, oh no, that was from a different era, right? He was in a, his uh, last cameo was in the restaurant during, in the 50s in the flashback. Last week, yeah. So just like Mimi, he, they, they, these are time travelers. Yeah, yeah but except Mimi's, you, are, you know Mimi's a very different situation than Eddie Garrett, who's never playing a character, he's just walking by. Does he ever have lines? Uh, I think he, I don't want to say he never has a line. I can't. Okay. effectively we'll call we it will call it we will be on the lookout for that but he clearly was just like lived on the set or yeah something but like but he, yeah well i think he's a friend of oscars because he was also in quincy we've talked about oh. that i think he's a friend of jack klugman's i mean <laughs> so, so jack is really good to his friends turns yes out. yeah he is we, we, we he reminds know. me of that guy there was that guy on sign maybe there were two or three on seinfeld who just constantly were the people walking in the back the extras in the background I, th I think those were production people because that's what I hear when I listen to Signcast oh, podcast. Um, hey, one yep. more thing about Penny Marshall uh, for, that's in this scene. Uh, 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 Oscar says, you still like trying to threaten her. Yes, yes. <laughs> you still got folks in the Bronx. Uh, Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall, born and raised in the Bronx. And when, when the episode when she marries... Uh, yes. Uh, her Shel last episode. Sheldon. Well, no, not her last episode. That's a problem. <gasps> she says it's the last episode, but then she comes back. Oh. So she, she, it's not uh, her last episode. I just but. revealed my a huge blind spot. Yeah, because I, I found this. I was monitoring that a while ago. When she marries Sheldon, right. Gary Marshall, and I think the other sister from the family, right. Yes. Show up and they, I think they mentioned the Bronx. So that's and a real. And they play Myrna's family. It's right. great. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so Eddie Garrett is just playing random characters, not the same character with the same name and the same laugh 20 years apart. You think we've talked about him enough? Well, I'm going to call out Eddie Garrett every time we see him. It's important. It's like... Uh, People want their Eddie Garrett content. I, that's, that's part of what doing a podcast about one TV show, you find these things. Yes. So we have a new scene. Oscar's typing in his room, and Felix knocks on the door and says, may I come in? Oscar says, what is it, Felix? Clearly annoyed that there's more gratitude coming. Felix says he wants to apologize for being silly, playing the saxophone. That has no lasting value. Oscar says, I'll buy that. Felix laughs at that too hard and says, you're putting me down, aren't you? That's very funny. Oscar says he didn't mean to put him down. Felix says, that's all right. Put him down. Do whatever he wants. He keeps saying this until Oscar says he wants Felix to tell him what he wants or he will put him down with this and he picks up a baseball bat. Felix says, I'm sorry again. And I guess I'm an awful pain in the neck waiting for Oscar to say no. But Oscar just stares at him, not disagreeing until Felix says, well, anyway, playing the sax falls short of any kind of decent tribute. So he hands him a piece of paper and says he wants to buy time on a local radio station and have this taped so that people everywhere will know what kind of guy Oscar really is. Here's what he wants to record. The following is a commercial announcement for Oscar Madison. <laughs> oh, is for the oldest friend I know. <laughs> S is for the way he saved my life. <laughs> C stands for courage and is the alertness that he showed. R means risk and he took a big one. M-A-D is what he gets at me. But I feel like an S-O-N to him. Jack Klugman's expressions of yes. frustration and embarrassment are so great. And that crumpling noise we hear is him like taking out his aggression on a piece of paper. Um, however, the thing, I love that scene. It's just great. Yeah. Except for that musical button at the end. It's just so unnecessary. I know. It's so cheesy. I guess they are going to commercial at that point. That's, is that a commercial break? It is a commercial break, but yeah. there's a, you could have a, if you, First of all, you don't need music. I mean, there's applause. They break into applause. That's a it's I a just, huge laugh. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's a it's just it ruins that. Well, it doesn't ruin it. But but the yeah. musical act performed by Tony Randall is yes, fantastic. It is. It is. I think it's my favorite thing in the show in this episode. Um, and it's so it's so perfect. It's like uh, you remember when uh, they do the radio show later. Yeah. And you can see and Felix and I think Tony Randall is having so much fun doing old time radio stuff this is like a such an old-time radio kind of thing the, the, the style of the music yeah. but just the whole setup that he gives like i love that i'm gonna buy advertising time <laughs> on radio not television on radio and broadcast this did he say nationally yeah, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous uh, concept <laughs> it's, it's silly. so just imagine tuning into the radio in 1971 and uh two, two. And having this uh you know, this voice. By the way, the following is a paid announcement. That episode with them doing the radio is one of the few ep episodes without Murner where he has a new secretary. Oh, yeah. Who's only in two episodes. I think that one and the one I where, they, where yes. they try to be young again and they go to that club. Yes. 
so the new scene is after the commercial. Oscar's now talking to Murray back in the living room, and he's pacing. Murray says he understands the problem, but what can he do to help? Oscar says there must be some legal recourse. He's a public nuisance. Give me protection. Murray says it's not a crime to do things for people. Murray says if he commits a crime, he will arrest him, which he's, always, he's already arrested Oscar and Felix and Murray the Fink. So that's not, uh, that is true. He will arrest them. Oscar asks if he will look the other way if he kills him. Murray says, Oscar, I'm a policeman, so please don't ask for any favors. Oscar grabs Murray's collar and says, don't you see, I haven't slept since that night. He comes to my room every hour on the hour to see if I'm all right. He feels my forehead. He takes my pulse. Murray says, oh, gee, that's swell. <laughs> Oscar says it ain't swell. If I wanted to live with my grandmother, I'd move to Poughkeepsie. I do not believe that there's another name Bob Rogers has chosen of a city to wow. reference. And I do not believe Oscar has a grandmother who's alive. That, but we don't think. We don't, I don't think Oscar Madison's from Poughkeepsie. No. I don't think Oscar has a, well, first of all, to be fair, you don't have to be from Poughkeepsie to have a grandmother in Poughkeepsie. I do okay. not believe he has a grandmother who is alive mm -hmm. because she yes. probably would be 110 or 20. Mm -hmm. And I do not believe she lives in Poughkeepsie if she has one, if he has one. Uh, Felix bellows, Oscar, I'm home from outside the apartment. Oscar says, my luck, so am I. Felix walks in in a great mood, delighted to see Murray, and asks if Murray is staying for dinner. Murray asks, what are they having? Felix says, Wiener Schitzel for a wonderful man. <laughs> the way Jack Coxman puts his hands further in his pocket and smiles when he does that is so great. And Murray says, gee, I wish I could speak another language. Felix tells Oscar that he, he has arranged for him to save a fortune in alimony payments by speaking to the Eternal Revenue Service. <laughs> And they're going to go over his tax returns for the past five years for a new alimony settlement. Oscar is very upset about this and keeps <laughs> grabbing the neck of Murray's uniform <laughs> while Felix tells Oscar about this. Oscar says, please tell me it's a joke. Felix says, I bet I will save you $1,000 a year at least. Oscar says they're going to kill him because he keeps books so badly. Felix says, relax, don't worry. He will go everything first, which, by the way, does is kind of what plays out in the IRS episode. Yes, yes. I actually, however, do not believe that Felix <laughs> would go. believe that this would be a way to help him. Help, to help him. I also, yeah. not sure you can just walk into an IRS office right. yes. and just say, hey, do this for my friend. It's, it's, it's another silly premise, but it's funny. And by the way, whatever happened with that audit? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Murray has an idea after Felix's leave. Murray says he saw this on a TV show. When the star's life was saved by someone... He pretended it needs his life to be <laughs> saved by choking on chicken bones so that they were even. So now we cut to a new scene coming off of that. Ask! Ask! Yes, you. <laughs> Soup's on. Be right there. Nights are long through the human way. I think about you all through the day. My body. My body. Any place you sit. <laughs> the wake is over. Candles? Okay. Listen. I am so grateful to you. 
for calling me up and telling me you wanted chicken. Because there are so many things I want to do for you, but I don't know where to start. And this way you help me. Not that you have to. Because anything you want, anything, no matter how wild, no matter how far out, if you want it, ask for it, buddy, you got it. Shut up. Where's the chicken? Please, where's the chicken? Speak only if you're going to tell me where the chicken is. The chicken is in the pot. Get it, because you're in my ulcer. What's this sudden urge for chicken? I don't know. I just had a yen for it. <laughs> I never knew you to eat chicken that didn't come in a bucket. Oh, I like that man's face. I trust him. <laughs> Tonight I just wanted home-cooked chicken. Forget the reason, Oscar Madison, you asked for it. What kind of chicken is that? Chicken cardarelli. I just want a plain chicken. Plain chicken is for a plain man. You're far from a plain man, Oscar. You inspired this. I think it's the best I ever made. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Really Try it. <laughs> if you like it, not. What's the matter? I'm joking on a boat. No, no, that's impossible. What's the matter? I'm joking the deck. No, you're not sure. Boneless chicken. No bones? No bones. How did it walk? So I think outside of the assume line from the scalping episode, I think this clip, that piece of dialogue, how did it walk? Maybe the most famous odd couple. Really? You think? I, think I so. thought that was just me. No, I think those are the two most famous things people. Well, fact, I agree. Assume, but you've well, seen. How did it walk? Quoted widely. So I, I, I just googled it. Anthony Bourdain, mm. the late Anthony Bourdain, oh. quoted it. He wrote, "Boneless chicken. How did it walk?" Oscar oh. Madison in a tweet in 2013, and I do think that this, you know, for a show that doesn't have a, a lot of famous right. catchphrases, right. So, well, Oscar, 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 I guess is. Um, I do think that this scene, that piece of dialogue is the second most remembered one. Um, by the way, the, the laughs we hear earlier when he's singing My Buddy isn't because he's singing My Buddy. It's the way a Jack Klugman is exasperated mm. at the fact that uh, Felix is singing My Buddy. And that's what they're laughing at. It's his reaction. Also, I looked up chicken cartorelli. I don't think that's a real dish. I could not find a actual recipe or reference to chicken cartarelli. I think that's something that they made up for this show. Uh, well, uh, I would surprise me, but um, I was yeah. surprised too. If somebody, we should also mention that it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a very uh, liquidy. Yes, it, <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's it's the opposite of the kind of chicken Oscar had in mind. Yeah, because it's like a soup, like a rice. Soup. Yeah, it's very, it's like a stew. Yeah. And it's kind of like he picks it up when he says, well, how did it walk? He's like lifting it up the spoon and you're seeing it drip off the spoon. If someone out there knows that chicken cartarelli is a real dish, please write us and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, bring that up in, in another yeah, episode. Please. So now Oscar is desperate to find any way to get Felix to save his life. So he goes to the, this is a, this is, this is the only scene I don't like in this show. He goes to the closet. He gets a box of army goods I guess mementos from his mysterious time in World War II. He picks up a grenade, <laughs> which is a very odd item to have. 
a live get, one especially. We get what's not live, obviously, but Oh, I'll say. Okay, you want we to get this, to think of it. Mysterious music starts to play. He goes outside, rings the doorbell. Felix asks Oscar to see who it is. Oscar feigns curiosity. He opens the door and says, "Ah, so Japanese." As a, as <laughs> pretending he's a fake intruder who's announcing himself in a stereotypical Japanese accent. He's Japanese. As Oscar says, "What are you Japanese? What are you doing here? I'll break your butt! Don't throw that in here!" And then closes the door and puts the hand grenade on the couch. Oscar screams for Felix to come in. It looks at what the Japanese man did. Felix looks at it and jumps on it to protect Oscar. Oscar says, don't do that, but then says, you saved my life or even. Felix has a curious look on his face and gets up and says, it must be a dud. Oscar says it was brave, very brave of him anyway. Now they're even. He shouldn't have done it. He could have been killed. Felix now figures out this is actually a cigarette lighter, which is why I said it wasn't a real uh, yes. grenade. And he starts laughing. He says one of the kids in the building must have been pulling a prank on him. Oscar still points out that Felix didn't know that, and he did save his life anyway, which I believe, by the way, should have ended this whole thing because Felix yes. did do that. Right. Felix says, and, and, and Oscar says he could have saved his life, and Felix says, but he didn't. And then he starts singing my buddy again. Oscar says I'm still his buddy. This is yeah, such a it is scene. so weird, but actually now I like it even more than ever to hear you describe it that way because it is insane. Uh, the I guess what I what I yes, obviously it's it's not a live grenade, but what I, I got locked into my head was that Oscar is trying to convince Felix that there somehow is a lot that somehow Japanese soldiers from World War II miraculously turned up at the 11th floor of 1049 Park Avenue for no reason, knocked on his door and threw a grenade in there. Is, I don't understand how this was dreamed up. This is so zany. You got to love it. Um, so the next scene, Oscar's lying on the couch reading a magazine. Felix comes in and says, bedtime, pal. Oscar says she was going to stay out here and read. Felix says, you know what's going to happen to you. You will fall asleep and you're going to get your clothes all wrinkled. Oscar says he's fine. Felix says he will get up early and press them for you and then says, good night, lifesaver, to which Oscar says, good night, lifesavey. As soon as Oscar heals, hears Felix shut the door to the bedroom, he goes to the kitchen and the action music that we first heard in Sleepwalker starts and Oscar turns on all of the gas. Thank you. Very good. He turns on all the gas on the stove and the oven and we see Felix preparing for bed, including... Uh, reading a magazine as well. And Oscar's using the fan in the kitchen to start spreading the gas. Oscar starts to scream, Felix, I can't breathe. Felix comes out and says, what's the matter? Oscar again says he can't breathe and he starts to cough. Felix tries to use his hand to blow the gas smell away from Oscar. And now Felix starts honking and he runs to the kitchen. He honks again and he looks at the stove and the oven and can't decide which to turn off first. So he eventually goes to the kitchen to open the window but while Oscar's looking on, rooting for him to open the window and save his life, Felix eventually passes out into the sink. <laughs> Oscar gets up disappointed, walks to the kitchen and says, look at this, not enough gas to fry an egg, and he passes out. That's the dialogue. That's, the, that's what he says. Look at this, not enough gas to fry an egg, and he passes out. Oscar turns off all the gas and says, I could leave and nobody would know. But he lifts him up and says, let's go, wise fellow. So contemplating actually murdering Felix. Yes. A second. Uh, so now we have a new scene, and Oscar is on the phone with Nancy, and 
this is what happens from there. I'm telling you, Nancy, if he doesn't cut it out, they're gonna put me away. He's in my room now, shining my shoe trees. Yeah, I'm still gonna give him one more try. If that doesn't work, I'm gonna throw him out. I'm gonna get him to save me the way I saved him. I can't explain now. I'll call later. Bye-bye, honey. Hey, Felix, listen, you can empty the trash can now. Finish typing. Thank you, Oscar. Gee, I want to see the big dipper, because it's out tonight. I don't want to miss it. You want me to photograph it for you? When you come back, it'd be nice. All right. Gee, you need a new basket, don't you? I'll buy you a nice wicker one. Yeah. Better yet, I'll take a course and weave you one. <laughs> chicken bone thing works. No, he made boneless chicken. Well, it won't work without a bone, Oscar. Goodbye, <laughs> Murray. Go take some graft, will you? Help! 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 Mr. Madison! Oh, my luck! I don't believe it! What were you doing? I was practicing for a fire drill. Did you see Mr. Wimmer out there? No, is they supposed to? What do you want, Myrna? I have to pick up another copy of yesterday's column because the printer lost a couple of pages. So what are you getting undressed for? Come on, I give it to you in my room. Oscar! Mrs. Johnson just called me in her apartment. There's a man hanging out the window on this floor. She couldn't see where it was. Any questions, Mary? Just go, will you? The bigger they are, the weirder they are. Help me! Oscar, help me! Felix, I'll save you under one condition. If I save your life, you'll never thank me for saving your life again. I promise, Oscar. Okay, come on. Put me, cut me, help me. Put your other hand up. Try it. Yes, you can. Try it. There you go. Oh, Oscar! just to explain so oscar hung out the window to help to allow felix to save him but then climbed in when murray and and, and then uh, every Vertica, other person comes yes. by except felix and then oscar <laughs> felix comes back had heard from whatever that neighbor's name was that that someone was hanging out the window which was oscar and then leaped out the window to go see what's going on and fell out again to see who this other guy was leaning out the window right <laughs> so i can't explain why this is but the way jack klugman throws his hands up in the air and, and kneels on the couch in that agonized exasperated expression when he sees felix doing that mm. and he throws his for some reason that the way he does that i've always wanted to have a situation where i react like that the way he reacts to felix <laughs> seeing felix hang out the window again 
I can't explain it. To me, it's priceless. There's something about that scene that just makes me thrilled and laugh. Yeah. And I've yeah. always wanted to be in a situation wow. where other people see me react that way. And I know it makes no sense, but there's something about that for me that's really... He special. does. It's just so expressive because it's the worst possible outcome of exactly. his plan. His plan has failed to the worst extent. Uh, and it was also it's calamity upon calamity. Is uh, this has that great farcical energy, like we saw in Security Arms. You know, some, uh, Gary Marshall's really good at orchestrating this, uh, where you know one thing goes wrong, which leads to the next thing that goes wrong, which just compounds until it just everything explodes. Which is kind of like Seinfeld in a way. Sometimes. Yes, That's very much. They learned their lesson, I think. By the way, I don't know if you have noticed this. I didn't even hear it again in this clip, but I noticed it when I was sort of getting the clip ready. Is Murray, when he's, when he's walking yes. out, it says yes. sports writers. He <laughs> says sports writer. They're all the same or something. Yeah. Right? Uh, rare, rare negativity from, from Murray. So that's also, the end. Also, yeah. the, I did, something I didn't hear until just now was Myrna they go into Oscar's room to get his column and coming out of it, Myrna says, it's such a nice room. Oh, I didn't notice that either. Which uh, I think the joke is that Myrna's also kind of a slob. Right. But she does make fun of his room in other episodes. In other episodes, yes. But this is, the, this is first time Myrna. So yes. this is how she's being introduced to us as kind of just a bad secretary, just a, a nice but not very competent person. So the tag is we get uh, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar from Felix, but it's not because Oscar did something wrong. It's because Felix says he's learned something from this. He says, how many times in life do you come face to face with the ultimate reality? La comedia es finite. So I did some research on this. And the, I think the phrase is actually finita la comedia, which is an Italian phrase meaning approximately the farce is over. Yes. Or in general, it's a phrase that kind of means like the play is over. The, you know, it's like, uh, it's a very dramatic way of, of, of saying that, yeah, it's all over. Felix says, I'll tell you, frankly, I've never considered the possibility of Felix Unger dying, to which Oscar says, <laughs> I have, which is a very cool, but it's a, still a pretty good button. You know, it's so. a very short tag. It's very perfunctory, but it's worth it just for his line reading of that, yeah. of that line. So... Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. It is five out of five Murrays for me. The only thing that, I, you know, I wish it didn't have, and I debated giving it four and a half out of five Murrays, is that horrible grenade scene, which I just hate. Um, but there's so much of it. And I think, again, because of when I watched this show as a kid, and that and the, I love Jack Klugman being exasperated. That's just my, some of my favorite parts of this whole show. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the way it's all set up and the fact that we meet Murray for the first, I mean, murder for the first time and Murray's in it. Uh, it's just, uh, so this is one of my top episodes. So I have to give it five out of five stars. Five out of five Murray's not stars. Yes. Um, I love this too. And it's always in my mind been one of my favorite episodes. Uh, but I, you know, you know what, Ted, I, I thought this was going to be my first five. Uh, but I've decided, I've promised myself that I will not give a five until there's absolutely unreservedly clear that after I finish watching, I'm going, damn it, that's a five. And for some reason, this, it just was like 90% as good as I remembered it, but I don't, uh, not a hundred percent. I definitely give four? it a, I definitely give it a four. Not four and a half. Uh, all right, fine. Four and a half. Okay. But, uh, I mean, well, just to, I guess the, the things that, 
make it it's it's does it's a very it's a very simple premise it's a great premise but i'm not sure it kind of lasts the whole episode i feel like they they certainly milk it for everything and but there's a point where it just it wears a little thin the other thing that that uh, unsettles me about the episode is that felix is just weirdly so sincere and kind of uh uh what's the word oblivious to what's going on and it's a side of felix we don't see and he's like he's not like this in any other episode um so it's it, it kind of belongs in a category by itself this this episode um but and i didn't have as many like true belly laughs as as i have in other episodes so but what i love about it is that it's this very we we saw this like with the uh sleepwalker right it's very simple it's felix and oscar in the apartment and here there's a little opening up where they go to the office and you have Myrna and Murray, but it's just the two guys put in one situation after another to keep pushing this theme. Um, and it's a great theme when you think about it, because it kind of is while the whole premise is that I, I he's trying to get Felix to save his life. What it ends up looking like is Oscar's finding ways to kill himself basically, or put himself in great danger so that Felix has to save him. So it's almost like watching a man trying to commit suicide who can't succeed. And, and the other subtext, these are my crazy subtexts, like alternative readings of, of, of the story, but Felix comes across as like a stalker, right? You know, he's writing poems for him and uh, uh, playing music for him and, and and especially that last bit about the like the about the trash basket i'll take a course and weave you on like that's just creepy to me he's like a creepy stalker so it has all these great resonances that play out on many levels um so i do have a place in my heart for it but you know what i'm holding out i'm holding out ted okay by the way i think that grenade scene may have been cut when we were watching it in maybe i sure didn't remember it and i sure didn't remember how insane it is and i still maintain that's one of the best scenes in this episode so there really are you being sarcastic uh i i think it's terrible and great i think (laughs) i i think it's so crazy i kind of love it i yeah i i i don't think that was i don't think the wpix cut was i think it was there anyway all right well we'll see what your first five will be uh, so that's our coverage of this episode. Uh, if you have feedback, uh, please continue to send to 1049pod at gmail.com. And we hope more people will leave us five-star reviews and ratings on iTunes. And uh, we will be back next week with, uh, with another episode. So good night, Lifesaver. Ted, your big daddy through us all. <laughs>